Welcome to Nine to Thrive, the well-being podcast. I'm Julie Fisher, your host and positive psychology practitioner, coach, and well-being advocate. Here, you will find meaningful and lively conversations with experts where we explore the challenges to maintaining a strong sense of well-being, along with providing tips, tools, and strategies to thrive and flourish in our ever-changing and complex world. If you're ready to create more harmony, cultivate deeper connections, foster a greater sense of well-being, and live the life you long for, then you're in the right place. Thanks so much for being here. Let's begin our journey together. Hello, and welcome to episode four of Nine to Thrive, the Wellbeing Podcast. And Happy New Year. By the time we all hear this, it is going to be January 2nd of 2024. So, ah, filled with possibility and I'm excited to be here and I'm so excited to have our guest Shauna here today. Welcome. Thanks, Julie. I'm glad to be here with you. Okay, let me share a little bit about Shauna. Shauna Hawking, Shauna rhymes with Donna, which I love that you have that in your bio is a leadership coach, consultant, speaker, and author. She is the founder and CEO of Hawking Leadership, which helps universities and nonprofit organizations build stronger workplace cultures, develop leaders to reach their potential, and advanced fundraising. She has raised millions of dollars for very impressive organizations like the Wharton School at UPenn, She is an author of One Bold Move a Day, Meaningful Actions Women Can Take to Fulfill Their Leadership and Career Potential, published in November of 2022. Ah, Congratulations. I feel like published author is such a huge accomplishment. And the book was actually named by the Next Big Idea Club as one of the seven inspirational books to reach your goals in 2023. Shauna's work has been featured in impressive publications like Wall Street Journal, Fast Company, Fortune, Forbes. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited for this conversation. Mm, Me too. I feel like it's such a great conversation to kick off this new year coming off of 2023, which felt like a year filled with some challenges. Most people I know felt challenges in 2023. And as the first episode of our 2024 year, I wanted to start with something that related to how we accomplish our goals. And I felt like this was such a good place to start. This book is filled with so many gems. And on Nine to Thrive, we talk about all things thriving. So I am a positive psychology practitioner, and I have studied all sorts of different models of positive psychology. And as you probably know, we have different pillars that feed in, you know, overall positive psychology is the study of our well-being and our thriving, our ability to thrive and flourish in this complicated world we live in. And there are all sorts of things that contribute to our ability to thrive. Achievement is one of them. And there's lots of discussion in the United States that we over-index on achievement. And when we over-index, 
that can actually be a detriment to our well-being. And there is nobody I know who doesn't know what it feels like to achieve a goal. It's huge. Whether it's crossing a finish line, writing a book, starting a company, getting that promotion that you've worked so hard for, it builds our sense of self-efficacy. It, it encourages us to reach higher. There are all sorts of things biologically and psychologically and emotionally that all of these moves to achieve our goals does for us. So having said that, I thought that was a great place to start 2024. And I want to begin with, let's talk about one bold move a day and where it came from. Sure. And I love starting off the new year thinking about bold moves together. One Bold Move a Day for me is the story of my career, and it's the book that I wish that I had throughout my career as well. I found my dream career when I was 18 years old. I knew I wanted to be in fundraising, and I spent 20 years working my way up to the proverbial corner office in my dream yeah. field, working at some of the very best fundraising organizations in the world. And on the way, the journey, particularly as a woman in the workplace, was a lot mm -hmm. harder than I anticipated it being. And I found myself just shying away from being my truest self because I didn't feel like my, my truest self was appreciated in the workplace. And on my path to recapturing and refocusing on what was important to me, I made this commitment to myself to make one bold move a day. And it wasn't as conscious as first as it sounds yeah. now, but it was a conscious effort. And this framework really helped me to thrive in my career and as a leader. And then I wanted to be able to share it with others. I love that. I love that. That idea that you wished you had this, right? You put out into the world something that you wished you had had. And to be in service to others, it is a challenge. You and I have not talked about this, but I actually have I spent years in nonprofits, so I appreciate the challenges. And when I think about it, I also was in some pretty male-dominated organizations, and I appreciate the challenges that wanting to show up as your best self in a field for me, I don't know if this was your experience in a field for me that many times can feel frenetic in fundraising, you're constantly chasing that number and mm -hmm. right. It can feel very pressure filled and sometimes singularly focused. So it so makes sense to me that there was a time where you were thinking, Hmm, I feel a lot of pressure in this job and this maybe isn't how I want to be showing up in the world. Right. Yes. Okay. Define a bold move. Tell me what that is. This is another great place to start, Julie, because when people hear bold move, they're like, whoa, that sounds like something, you know, that I would see on a billboard or text an all caps text to my best friend. And the way that I define a bold move is a meaningful action that helps you move forward, learn and grow. And so, yes, a bold move is asking for a promotion, taking a new job, moving across the country. But bold moves are also speaking up in meetings, meeting with a mentor, saying hello to someone in a coffee shop, and nurturing your personal relationships. I love that. 
Okay. So a bold move, a meaningful action. So you started by saying when you started thinking about this, you didn't do it consciously. So you're noodling around in your head. I need to do something every day, one thing every day to move forward, to learn something new, to feed a part of me that encourages the best version of me to show up. Did you ever get to a point where you were writing these down? Yes, I did. I wrote an article in 2019 that said, I think the title was, What Happened When I Challenged Myself to One Bold Move a Day? And then gave some examples of where I saw open doors and made magic happen. And, you know, I can remember one of them. I had gotten into the office that morning and the CEO uh, needed someone to fill in on her behalf to uh, go visit with a bereaved family, a donor family. And it uh, required getting on a train and going to New York. And, you know, I have a young child at home. I have a dual career family. My, you know, my husband and I both work outside of the office. And I said, yes, I will do it. Because the opportunity to be in service to the CEO mm -hmm. as a relatively new employee was really important for me. I wanted to be known as the person who said, yes, I can do things. Mm -hmm. And I also really wanted to be in service to this family at a time where they were grieving. And I knew that I could represent a small piece of important joy um, and miss their challenge. And so yes. I said, yes. And I called my husband and we figured it out and we made it happen. But that was for sure a bold move that happened in the moment that I didn't even anticipate when I walked into the door that morning. Yes. That whole idea of saying yes. Mm, that's a big part of this, right? That idea of where are those ways that I can say yes? As a coach, this seems a, like a simple concept to me. And I talk to my clients a lot about simple isn't always easy, right? The concept is simple. The action part of it is not easy. And I always say that our goals are met in a series of micro movements. And so when I think about one bold move a day, I think about if you had 365 of these in a year, mm -hmm. 365, and maybe some of these bold moves are little moves and some of those bold moves take you completely out of your comfort zone. So they feel really big and it's a series of those things that take us to our big goals. The little things become such an integral part of the big things and yet I find that many people don't see those small moves as the contributor to big steps in life, in work, in the world. What do you think? I'd love to hear your observation on that. Yeah. You know, so when we're thinking about these 365 bold moves, you know, to use your example, what we're saying is every single day you are doing something to move forward, learn and grow. What this requires is for you to notice those opportunities in the world when those doors are open, are you walking through? And then it's also creating those opportunities. And then on top of that, it's saying celebrating your progress. Celebrating progress is one of the fundamental parts of one bold move a day. Going back to the example you gave earlier about being a fundraiser, you know, we were so busy closing these six, seven, eight figure gifts. And then we had to go on to the next one because we had more to do to support the organization. And it really requires you to step back and say, wow, look what I did. And old moves do not always go the way that we've hoped or planned because life does not go the way we've hoped or planned. And so it's important to say, well, 
what was I able to move forward today? What did I learn from this? Never just about the outcome. It's also about the journey and the learning and the process. Yes. Well, and I think it's so funny you're saying that because I think it's about the move. It's not necessarily about the outcome. You may have made this move because you wanted A to happen and instead B or C happened. The action of doing the thing, right? I did the thing. Mm -hmm. That's what, to me, when I read One Bold Move, that's what it's about doing the thing. About doing the thing. It's the follow through that differentiates us. It's not a bold wish. It's a bold move. I love that. It's not a bold wish. It is a bold move. Okay. So the other thing I want to talk about is... I think the first bold move we make is right here in our minds. Mm. I think reaching our goals is, if I had to put a number on it, close to 80% mindset and 20% action. To me, the first bold move could actually be shifting my mindset around my ability, the world how I see things, how I see myself operating in this ecosystem. I want to talk about mindset a little bit. Sure. I mean, the bold move mindset is the foundation by which you make your bold moves. And the bold move mindset is, happens to be four distinct, but you know, supportive mindsets. And it's the gratitude mindset, the happiness mindset, the and mindset, and the progress mindset. And each of these contributes to your ability to make those moves because you are focused on being present and grateful for what you have, recognizing the multiple truths that can exist at any point in time in these complex lives we live, celebrating the journey and not the outcome as the sole recognition of your ability and your achievement, and then really focusing on what did I learn, how did I grow, and that process and progress. So yes, the mindset is absolutely the first step to being able to achieve anything. Yes. I love that. It's so interesting. Gratitude is, is really woven into my life. And I see all of the ways that that mindset and coming from a place of, there's something about a gratitude mindset that for me gives me this sense of enoughness. I'm coming from a place of there is enough. There is enough in the world. And I think there was a time in my life where I definitely felt a lot more scarcity, a scarcity, Mm -hmm. much more scarcity mindset. And what I've seen is as I've really cultivated a gratitude mindset, this idea that there is enough for all of us. There is enough in the world for all of us. And coming from a place of a deep sense of appreciation for what's present If I make all these bold moves and I don't have any of the outcomes that I want, I am still so much richer for them. I am so much wiser for them. And the other thing I love is, is this idea of, because I think this is part of a gratitude mindset is both and two truths can exist. And I think part of it is I made the move and I may or may not have gotten the outcome that I wanted. And I still learned something, you know, back when I was in fundraising, when I first started in fundraising, I was so afraid of someone saying no. I was so afraid of the donor saying no. And so I would hesitate if I thought they were on the fence, I would hesitate making the ask because I was so afraid of that no. And then what I came to realize is no is liberating. 
No is an answer. No is a piece of information that creates a whole new roadmap for me. Either it's no today or no, I'm going to wait until next year or no, not ever in your wildest dreams. And so you go on the in, you know, the inactive list for now. And I think there was a time where I saw it as a dead end, that there was no payout. There was no payoff to, to hearing no. And even no has a payoff. Yeah. Sure. Well, I think about this in the context of, you know, the gratitude mindset that we were just talking about too. One of the things that I felt in my career was that you had to just be okay with where you were, but I felt pulled by this ambition to achieve and accomplish and learn more. And what the and mindset did for me, Julie, is it gave me the ability to say, I can be grateful and ambitious. I yes. can honor where I am, where I've been, and still believe in my capacity for more. And I think as women, particularly in the workplace, we feel like we're supposed to just be okay. We're supposed to just be grateful and just be mm-hmm. thankful. And so I always like to caveat, yes, yes, that is true. And mm-hmm. And, and I think particularly as people think about what's possible for themselves in this new year, um, I hope that that message gives them the ability to say, yes, I can be grateful. Yes. I love that both. And I can be grateful for where I am and I can want more. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And not only in our careers, right? I can want more loving relationships. I can want more sure. connection. I can want more time off. Yeah. I can want more yoga. I think it's... <laughs> That's always what I want. I always want more (laughs) yoga. Um, You can want more in every aspect of your life that's feeding all the parts of you that need to be fed in order to thrive. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So let's talk about goals. We know that writing them down makes, I know I read this in your book and I have this in my positive psychology material, 42% more likely to achieve them if we write them down. I'm a big believer in writing down and I actually still write them in a notebook. There's something to me about actually writing things. And I am a big believer of journaling and I actually do future self entries every day that keep my future goals. I have a running list of five. And last year I was so excited to take, I am a podcast host off my list because it became a reality. And so I am guessing people are primed for goal setting now. It's January. Where do you suggest they start? Mm, Well, The very first thing that I think is important to do is to create goals that inspire you. Mm. And uh, they should be personal and professional because we are whole people, to your earlier point. And it's when we play it to the, I can do this, I know I can do this, that we might be missing out on something that would really bring new energy to us. And so when you are creating specific and challenging goals, you will find yourself making meaningful progress and having more to celebrate. And I call these unicorn goals. And I call them that because they're the thing that you can see and not everybody else believes is possible, but they're not everybody else's goals. They're your goals. Yes. I love that. So professionally, I encourage people to not focus on more than three at one time. And for me, 
I have a being goal, which is usually tied to how I want to show up in the world. And I try to make it as smart goalie as I can, you know, as, as specific. And I usually try to get really clear by journaling. How do I want to be in the world? How do I want to show up in the world? And what are the things that I need to be doing in order to do that? So I'm going to lovingly challenge the smart goal angle because we support each other and care about each other. Yes. One of the things that I have found in setting goals, both as a leader and for myself, is that when we try to put them into this process, which was created, I think back in the in the 80s, and we're not in the 80s anymore, mm-hmm. that it unintentionally puts us into a box of being able to be, you know, something that we can achieve. And that for me is, it limits me. I get too caught up in the box. And so I have found specific and challenging to be the parameters by which I set goals, whether for my team or for myself. So they know that I believe in their potential to achieve it. And I am committed to achieving it with them. And that it also requires us to celebrate that process and progress, even if we don't achieve that full outcome in that timeline. I love that. Thank you. I'm going to receive that. I actually really love that framework and especially for things outside of work. It's actually interesting because sometimes in work, in business, there's a timeliness to it. And I see the ways that not having a time, having something so finite. Sometimes I think when we make something really finite, we are sort of taking the inspiration piece out of it. It doesn't feel as fluid if we have something that's really fine. If you don't, you know, we're trying to achieve it by this date. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's interesting for me, Shauna, over the years is I have started to look at goals as an accountability tool more than a measurement of success or failure. Nice. First of all, I don't like the word failure because I, I don't think, and if we are failing, we're failing forward. I think there's always something, there's always wisdom. It's, it's either you got to where you wanted to go or you learned something. So it's one of those two things. There's, you know, there's no failure in not getting there. It's wow. Now we get a chance to learn something about what works, what doesn't work. And so I've come to see goals as more accountability than a measurement tool. Okay. So we have individual goals and we are striving to do one bold move a day. We're working on our mindset. We're working on challenging goals and challenging ourselves. Let's talk about the role of community and making bold moves. You know, we're wired to belong and to be in community from the beginning of time. And especially in the beginning of time, we lived in cooperative societies. So we really needed each other to achieve whatever it was we wanted to achieve. And my experience is when we feel supported and cheered on, we are much more likely to move forward and to help other people move forward. Absolutely. The journey is more meaningful and more fun when we are doing this in concert with a community. 
I call it your support network. And that is made up of many different people. It can be your mentors. It can be your friends, your family, the people that you have as part of your learning community and your accountability partners and your goals. There is, there's so much joy in knowing that you're in it together with others and helping them to achieve their goals as well. Yes. I love that. All right. So tell me, how has community influenced you in your success? How did community bring you to one bold move? Well, there are many people who have watched out for me throughout my whole career, and I have worked hard to build a network that I can rely on, learn from, and cheer back on too. And I think that really listening to the voices of people who have my best interest at heart helped reinforce me in being able to achieve the goal of writing the book and putting the book out to the world and then sharing these messages, even when there might've been other voices that were in my head or in my office telling me not to pursue these goals. Yeah. It's almost like one of the other reasons we need community is to counter counteract those voices either internally or externally. Yeah. Yes. And the the thing I love about community is the reciprocal nature of it. One of the other achievement is piece of thriving. And so is helping others, being in service to others, not even in big, glorious, glamorous ways, in the littlest of ways helps us thrive. When we help somebody else I'm going to say I could equal or have even a larger sense of positive energy for a friend who achieves a little goal or a big goal as I do for myself. Yeah. I know we are both big fans of celebrating the small steps. We talked about that earlier and those small steps can be big, can be bold moves. And it's those steps when we put them together that create big wins celebrating the small steps. I find when I have clients who have big goals, it's one of the hardest things for them to do. They can stay really focused on that big goal. And those big goals are broken down. If you have a big goal, you have a lot of things on your list that are going to get a lot of actions that are going to get you to that big goal. And this idea of celebrating one bold move a day, what are your favorite ways? So one of my very favorite ways is celebrating with my husband and son. You know, we'll sit at dinner and, you know, last night at dinner, I shared the bold move that I made and, you know, they were there to high five me and say, that's great, mom, good for you. Or so proud of you, honey. And sharing bold moves with each other is both reinforcing for you, but also hopefully inspiring to the people you're sharing it with, going back to the sense of community. So bigger, bold moves. I might break out a favorite snack or a bottle of champagne or treat myself to a coffee somewhere or something fun for our family to do together. And I think it's important to vary the ways that you celebrate to help you feel motivated, but being clear on what those things are too, because knowing how you're going to motivate yourself is part of being able to achieve your goals. Yes, I totally agree. It's almost like I'm sure because you've been in fundraising, you've seen a thermometer or two in your lifetime of (laughs) thermometer to the goal. A two. (laughs) Or two or five or 10. And it's almost like when I think about the thermometer and I think about how many I've had on my wall over the years, 
and how they'd have the numbers as you get closer to the goal. It's almost like your own thermometer. We probably build this in Canva, having a thermometer and at each step having your win. Your win is in and of itself a micro goal. And there's actually a, a way to celebrate that. So that's one thing I'm thinking of writing down and being really clear on. And like you're suggesting, I talk to my clients a lot about don't make it a Starbucks coffee every week. Then that doesn't feel special anymore. If you're working on something weekly, that doesn't feel special anymore. So varied is great. I love this idea of I, for the longest time, had a partner and we did three good things. There's an app on your phone and it's a tool where you you write down three good things a day and literally there's a share button and you share it with a partner. And so again, the whole idea is not only are you reflecting on your three good things, it's so easy right then and there to share with someone. And when you're sharing, you're inspiring other people. So I had this partner for a long time and her reading my good things and me reading hers was added to the joy, right? It, it And it inspired me to think about good things that maybe I didn't even see the day before. And so this idea of one bold move, sharing, it's January 2nd, I'm inspired to find a partner and have a text going of one bold move a day or do it with my family. That feels like such a fun. There's, I, I don't know, Shauna, there could be an app there. Uh, as we like to say, you know, from, from your mouth to, to invention's ears, right? So uh, I have lots of, lots of big dreams for one bold move a day. Exactly. I'm waiting for the app. But in the meantime, I might have to get a partner and have a one bold move a day partner. <laughs> I love those. I love all of those. And like I said, I think the biggest thing is celebrating each one, even if it's a verbal acknowledgement, naming it into the universe, even that is a bold move. Because I think, again, a lot of ways we as women have been told to sometimes tamp down our brilliance. And, and I mean, brilliance in every aspect of that word. And So I think part of making bold moves is our ability to own those brilliant places in us and the places that are hard for us, right? Like that if I'm sitting on a growth edge, right? And that move feels to you might not feel scary, but to me feels really scary for me to be able to celebrate that in a really authentic way every day. I think the other thing is, is at the end of 365 days, we've also made a huge move in our ability to own our genius and our brilliance. I agree. You're reminding me of something so powerful about the bold move process, which is we define our own bold moves. So what my growth edge may be something very different from yours. And nobody gets to judge your bold moves, including you. And I think about this too, because Julie, what you're saying is we start thinking, oh, well, that wasn't bold enough. That wasn't good enough. That wasn't enough. But nope, you don't get to judge your bold move. You did something today to move forward, learn and grow. Your job is to celebrate that. Yes. 
I'm often reminding myself of that, that also in any given day, some things feel harder on some days than they do on others. And so on Monday, this may have felt easy for me to do. And on Thursday, that may not feel so easy for me to do. Maybe something happened between Monday and Thursday that completely knocked my confidence out. And so being able to pick back up and say, I am going to pick up that phone and I am going to make that hard phone call or whatever that challenge is, or I'm going to have that conversation, or I'm going to ask for the order, or I'm going to have a really vulnerable conversation with my partner. Whatever that bold move is, it's also giving ourselves the grace to understand that a different version of us shows up every day and accepting the version of us that is there in that moment and what feels bold that day is absolutely what's meant to be bold that day. Yeah. So well said. Setting and achieving our goals is one aspect of thriving. Shana, there's so many other tools and strategies to nourish our well-being. And it's so funny. There have been so many that have come in here in one bold move a day. Uh, I see the ways that building self-efficacy and autonomy and self-determination and all of the things that help us not only achieve in the things we want to do, but achieve in who we're becoming as a person, that stronger version of ourselves or that version of ourselves who has more wisdom. So much goodness here. I am asking each guest on the podcast, what are your three to thrive? What are three things that you do regularly to keep thriving? What a fun question. I can think a lot about the three to thrive, but the three that I would focus on, the first is the gratitude list that I keep every night. I have for many years, spent time right before I go to bed, reflecting on three things that I am grateful for from that specific day. It's been a practice that has grounded me and helped me through very challenging times. The second is exercise. It's been really helpful for me to build my strength. And though I'm talking about physical strength, I'm also talking about my mental strength. By exercising, it has given me the ability to become more resilient, to focus, and to remind myself of my strengths, both physically and figuratively. And the third is connection. I make a point every single day to connect with someone I love. And that might be via text. It might be via phone. I've made it in particular in the last few months that if I am thinking of someone for any reason, that I will send them a voice memo or a text. I am not letting a single minute pass to remind someone of the value that they bring to the world and to build genuine connection because that to me is ultimately why we're here and how we thrive. Mm, I love that. I love all of those. Yes. And a huge yes to all of those. You're naming three huge components of thriving. Gratitude, I say, and research says gratitude is the simplest and easiest, meaning we don't need anybody else to be grateful. You know, we it's something we can do ourselves. And there's an immediate gratitude is one of those things that gives us an immediate hit of feel-good hormones. Absolutely unequivocally. Movement, moving our bodies, I mean For me, moving my body actually ties into gratitude for me. Every year I get older, I'm so much more grateful that 
my body can move and the ways in which movement feeds my mental health, my physical health, my emotional health has been over the years tremendous. And connection, you know, we're living in a world, was it in 23, the Surgeon General came out and said loneliness was an epidemic? Yeah, we're, we're meant to be with people. And I love that idea. If you think about someone, you, you make it a practice to not let the moment go by. I love that. I love that. Ah, Shawna, thank you so much. I feel so honored and grateful, honestly, to have had you join me for this incredible conversation. I am cheering you on in all that you do. Your brilliance in this book and your brilliance in the work that you do in the world. Nonprofits need people like you who are encouraging them to make bold moves and to be people-centered and to lead from a big open heart. And I just feel really, really grateful to start 2024 with you. And to all of our thrivers listening, thank you. Together, let's be brave, curious, grateful, and kind. And we'll see you next time. We've come to the end, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Nine to Thrive, the well-being podcast. I really appreciate you listening. I invite you to follow and like this show on whatever platform you're using. If you liked today's episode, please share it with a friend, share it on social media, or write a review. My goal is to provide useful information that will help you to thrive and flourish, and I always welcome your feedback. If you want to receive more strategies to increase your well-being in your inbox each month, head over to my website, juliefishercoaching.com, and sign up for my newsletter. Until next time, take care, Thrivers. Thrivers.